Welcome to the Inspirational Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper in Lancaster Online in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On this week's show is guest Katie Schick. Uh, she's a former Franklin and Marshall College swimmer. She's still in the area. She's now working, I guess, as a school counselor, uh, trying to find the official title here that she told me, college and career advisor at Solanco High School. Um, she just graduated earlier this year from Franklin Marshall College. Um, but one of the main reasons that she's on this show, Katie has made a meteoric rise in the last two years competing in triathlons. And most recently, she placed third overall and first in her age group at the Ironman Maryland competition in September, um, which qualified her for next year's uh, World Championships Ironman competition in Hawaii. We chat about all that on today's podcast from her swimming days to how she discovered triathlons and all the behind the scenes work that she's put in to excel in the sport. One last programming note before we move forward. If you guys like what you hear on today's show, make sure to subscribe by hopping on iTunes and searching Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes in the podcast section and hit subscribe. All right, with all that out of the way, on to our conversation with Katie Schick on Inspirational Athletes Podcast, episode number 99. I kind of just like to start with icebreakers just to kind of get the guest comfortable. Um, sure. So I'm kind of curious just to give people an idea. Obviously, you swim at FNM, but where are you originally from? Um, you have an identical twin sister. What was like life like growing up, I guess, in the first kind of like five to ten years in the Schick household? Yeah, uh, I grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania right in the borough, so like a block from Westchester University. Um, and <clears throat> life was like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was really, it, I mean, we were like best friends and we did everything together and we had a ton of fun and we were always extremely active. Hmm. So um, we started swimming at age six and started competitively club swimming year round at eight. Um, and that was just pretty much our entire life going forward. and. Wow. I mean, we also played lacrosse. We were all over the place. It was just really high energy, and I would say it's in a more controlled way. It's still the same today. Uh, why get started in swimming at such a young age? Like, did the parents just like you and your sister were so energetic that they need like burn off steam or something? Or I would definitely say that's okay. it. We were exhausting everybody around us, and um, it started off in my my summer swim team, Rosalind Swim Club. And it was just a tremendous community. And like, I, I have two best friends that I met there when I was mm. six and they're still my best friends. Anybody uh, come out of this swim circles who are like that we know of today, like in, I don't know, world championship trials or anything? Uh, like there's that, a or? couple, I know a few that have been to uh, Olympic trials, Okay. but none that have gone far enough to the Olympics. Um, when you were little, like as a little girl, what was the thing that you said? Like, I want to be this when I grow up. As a job, you mean? I don't know, like anything. You know, uh, like, do you want to be an astronaut or <laughs> <laughs> a marine biologist? Actually, oh, cool. I really wanted to be a marine biologist. All right. So, yeah. I don't know. Have you gone scuba diving? I have or? gone scuba diving. Um, I shifted my my I guess goals a little bit when I learned that I could um, I could start at a more deeper root. So, like the marine biologist, I was just helping the animals individually like mm. on an individual basis mm -hmm. and I wanted to be like an environmentalist. Okay, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what was your first job, like even back in high school or I don't know, a part-time gig or even in college? 
I was a lifeguard at Rawlson Swim Club. Uh, <laughs> pretty difficult, sense. yeah. Right. Um, you seem pretty active today. I, I, I don't know if that was kind of, you kind of just hit on it a little bit ago, but swimming and, and lacrosse and playing a third sport and whatnot. But I don't know, were you guys always climbing trees and stuff? And Yeah, know. everything was a competition, <laughs> everything. Um, we would just, we were outside all day running around with the neighbors and Steph and I were always really competitive. I mean in in the best ways so. is there any nicknames between you and the sister um not really i mean right. people would just call us the shakes or the twins or whatever all right and mom or dad didn't call you like thing one thing two or anything <laughs> like that all right. not my parents but i'm sure others did i'm gonna i'll get to that competitiveness kind of a little bit later on kind of helps explain as to uh, your success to this point um i wanted to kind of jump forward uh, from high school to college, you ended up going to swim at Division One Loyola University, which is in Maryland. Yes, is that Baltimore. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so walk me through, I guess, when does Loyola come into play and why did you end up deciding to go to swim there? Um, when I started looking for colleges, I knew that I wasn't going to the Olympics. So I felt like I had reached like I felt like I had kind of accomplished my goal and I was really proud of myself. I my goal was to swim division one so I had a couple requirements which was to have like an interest major obviously and to be studying abroad so mm-hmm. Loyola let me do both of those and um, the coach was very kind and the swim team was really great so um, on paper it looked like a pretty much perfect fit um, and I really did like to swim there I loved I really loved my swim swim experience there um, did you swim your freshman year yeah my freshman year mm-hmm. okay that's how great. did how did you do in the freshman season? Like, I did were really you well. First team in any of the events? Or no, anything? so I was pretty much mid pack as a freshman, which I liked because I had goals and you know I wasn't on the A relay or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually did best time, so I felt like I was trained really well, and yeah, I, I felt great about my swimming actually freshman year. Awesome. Um, so then. <laughs> For those unfamiliar, I guess at the summer after your freshman year at Loyola is when you ended up um, running the marathon? <laughs> yeah, so I had already told the team that I wanted to transfer, and they were all really supportive, but that didn't necessarily mean that I could like show up at spring training. So um, my sister and I decided to run a marathon, and we had 10 weeks. <laughs> what what spurred, spurred you to do? Like, had you run any kind of like a 10K, a half marathon up to that point? I ran life, a 10K or? when I was like in fifth grade. But uh, it was like, a, I don't know, I probably walked half of it. So I just decided that I knew actually, I, well, I had this long-term goal of becoming an Ironman. But um, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to start now. So um, <laughs> I signed up for an Ironman and, I mean, a, a marathon and like forced myself through 10 weeks. So of, you did that. It wasn't like your sister, hey, there's this thing. No, we both did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so she, your sister is like right <laughs> along kind of the same route with you then? Not only are you identical, but you also like running marathons together, I guess? We were kind of, we were kind of each other's like uh, go-tos in our freshman year of college because we were having a tough time. So we both mm. were not loving the school. And so we kind of were like, well, let's run a marathon together. So. And why does that kind of like wipe out your swimming capabilities or? Yeah, I honestly do not know. I think it must have been like, I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe because you spend more time out of the pool and on the road. Well, I definitely, or? yeah, I definitely spent time out of the pool. But I also think it was maybe just like a a change in muscle use. I don't know. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you, but I never. So then do you sit out from swimming your sophomore year or did then you do immediately transfer to FNM? Uh, no, I immediately transferred, and I joined the swim team immediately. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. and then FNM, I guess, 2015-16 season, competed in the 50 freestyle, 100 freestyle, 200 freestyle events. Um, 
I guess, first off, it looks like you're kind of a short distance swimmer, so you must have been super duper fast in the water. Is that fair to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> when I had best times, I was fast. Okay. Not that season. Uh, I worked really hard that season. It was pretty disappointing, actually, because I didn't do well at all. Hmm. Yeah. So I'll kind of jump forward here. 2016-17 season, you ended up swimming again. I guess you went abroad at some point. Um, was that your first time outside of the country? No. I guess for your major or no? Oh, no, it wasn't. No, my, my, uh, my mom was an expat in France. So oh, we wow. lived in Paris for three years. Wow. Um, the first three years of my – it was actually during that time. My, when, I moved, when I went to college, my parents moved to France. Hmm. So I, during breaks and, th and stuff, would go to Paris, which was... Did you contemplate, like, uh, college in France? Uh, from what I've um, heard, isn't, like, college abroad, it's a lot cheaper than it is? <laughs> yeah, <United> it <laughs> is. I don't know. I did contemplate it for, like, a split second, but I also didn't want to live in the city with my parents necessarily. Oh, that's so. true. It's kind of like moving but back home in a I sense, know. in a way. So in do a you sense. speak French then? Uh, I speak tr like traveler's French. Okay. I can get around. <laughs> right. I speak a little bit of Spanish because I minor in that in college. But anyways, um, so yeah, I guess this would have been what summer of 2017 is probably when you kind of start discovering triathlons. Is that fair to say? Or was it even earlier than that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, that's my first triathlon. I've had a long-term goal since I was like eight. Right. My dad gave us for Christmas a DVD of the world championship in Kona when I was eight. Of the Iron Man. Of the Iron Man. <laughs> and ever since then, he would re-gift the next year's race every Christmas. And I just, I knew that I, like, had to do it. What, what was your dad's obsession with it? He just thought it was cool. He said he just saw it on the news one day. But it wasn't <laughs> like me. he was running marathons or anything like <laughs> No, that? he, oh, really? like, can't right. barely swim. But <laughs> he can't So ride. maybe in a way it was just to kind of, like, push his daughters in a sense? I or? think he kind of was, like... My, my kids would might be good at this like they would probably like this and I think he found it really inspiring mm. and so he knew he would like to at least watch it yeah. so I think he just thought it was motivating. he must have also identified like that competitive fire in maybe you and and your sister like as far as hey you'd probably excel at this because you really push yourself maybe even back as a child yeah I mean at least against each other really? <laughs> for sure oh yeah that yeah. makes sense um, no, because one of the reasons I want to have you on here, like I, this is episode number 99 and you're the first on here who's ever competed in an Ironman before. So I'm like, where does that come about? Is it just like, oh, let me try a triathlon and then a marathon and Ironman and this and that. But wow, from age eight, that's pretty crazy. Um, so when, I guess, would you say is your first triathlon? Um, would my it have first, been 2017? Yeah, it was this summer after my sophomore year, right before I went abroad. Okay. Um, I just... I was like, well, I guess it's time. Uh, that was also part of the reason I chose FNM because the head coach and the assistant swim coach are both triathletes. Mm. Um, and so I was like, in my, the back of my head, I was like, this school fits well, but it also, like, my long-term goal might come true soon. Mm -hmm. So um, I chose FNM for that. And then by the end of the, my first year, I signed up for the first. Do you remember what was that first triathlon? Yeah, it was because my parents were living in France. I signed up for a 70.3, uh, so a half Ironman in Sweden. Wow, awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. And do you remember, like, from that competition, like, how you did that day specifically? I remember finishing and thinking, I don't know how I'm ever going to double this. <laughs> but um, I also remember, like, just feeling really fulfilled. It was definitely the hardest thing I'd ever done, mm. especially the cycling. I just had a really hard time picking up cycling. So. And yeah, I've gotten to know you through Andrew Yoder, the uh, Hemfield grad, former podcast guest, by the way, and he's sitting off to the side being diligent and quiet. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> um, but he has his own 
I don't know, triathlon performance business now. You're one of, the, I guess, his clients is a fair term to say. <laughs> um, and you've since been working with Andrew, and he's been trying to kind of help you improve in that side of things. But how long has that been? And, and I don't know if you can kind of describe, like, what, what was the first race where Andrew helped you out at, and what's it been like since then? Sure. Well, we met on a, a bike ride um, while I was just beginning to train for this first triathlon. Mm. So I was signed up and I joined the FNM cycling team. And um, that was like my only perception of training. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but he came out on a ride and that's how we met. And so he kind of helped me. Um, he hadn't started the business, um, but he helped me mm. in giving me all the tips he could possibly give me. Um, but I was so incredibly new that I really didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And um, so we stayed in contact and he was really supportive, but it wasn't really until the following year that um, I kind of was much more serious and um, he really started coaching me. Yeah, all right, so I wanna go over some results from 2017, 2018. That'll kind of get back into some questions just as far as your progress to this point. So let me take a breath here. All right, 2017, first place. Uh, this is all Katie's results. First place, women 18 to 24 age group at the IM 70.3 Eagleman. Where was that at? Was that the Sweden one? Uh, no, that's uh, Cambridge, Maryland, actually. Oh, I don't right. think the Sweden one's listed on there. No, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> at least not for me. I anyway. didn't finish very right. <laughs> um, First place overall in the 2017 Steelman Triathlon. First place overall in the 2017 Got the Nerve Triathlon. Um, 20th place in the 18 to 24 age group at the World Championships. And then 2018, first place overall in the 2018 Got the Nerve Triathlon, first place in the women's 18 to 24 age group at the IM 70.3 in Ohio, first place overall at the 2018 Hempfield Triathlon, fourth place in the women 18 to 24 age group at the 2018 AG Nationals. Um, Andrew wanted me to mention there you were first overall off the bike. And then third place overall and first place in your age group at the 2018 Ironman in Maryland just this past uh, month, September of 2018. All right, so with all that being said, um, first off, I want to ask you of the different stages of a triathlon. I was asking Andrew this the other day. I'm like, where does she really excel in? And, and he was saying, you know, it's weird. Like some people are... So some folks are really good at running and maybe not so much at swimming and or really good at running and biking and not so much swimming or really good at swimming, not so much biking. But you're different in the sense that like you're really balanced, you're really good across all three events. Um, so I guess with that being said, like where does that balance come from? Has it has it always been that way for you or did you struggle earlier on in one one area or have you always kind of excelled in all three? Um, I always <coughs> felt confident in my swimming because I had this background that I feel like was an advantage to me. So that's, I mean, just an advantage from the beginning, but I had a, in the beginning of my triathlon career, cycling was like really difficult for me. But um, I think now that I've started to develop a bit, it's really been running. Um, I was able to like excel in biking quite quickly, but running was kind of this thing that kind of held me back a little bit. Mm. And I feel like I'm just starting to get it. In the sense of how, what were you struggling at early on? Um, I feel like I would, I'm really competitive. So like in a lot of workouts, I would go out really hard and then die. Um, and then I, it's just a whole different ball game when you're running off the bike. So um, a lot of times I didn't quite have that strength um, mm. to really get through a whole run, especially at like a 70.3. Mm. So I feel like this year kind of, it's starting to come together. Um, but again, there's, you know, there's those powerhouse runners that will still run, outrun mm. me and so for when it comes to running, um, you mentioned in workouts you would go out hard and then crash. Were you like that day of competition as well? 
Um, mentally, yeah, but I knew I, I kind of had a pace set in okay. mind that I that would can try be hard to, to hold. learn. A yeah, bit. for sure. But oftentimes I just wouldn't be able to necessarily hold right. the pace. Um, and yeah, I guess over these last two years, like let's say something you're really great at now that maybe two years ago you weren't so much. Like you kind of hit on the running, but is there other areas that you've been really steadily working at to improve upon? Um, honestly, it's my mindset would definitely be the number one thing that I'm working on. Um, I'm like, I think I'm often held back by my mindset. I'm just really, really hard on myself. And like in a race, there's a lot, there's been a couple races where I'm, the race is over for me halfway because I can't mm. come out of this like mental block. And I think at Ironman Maryland a couple weeks ago, I told myself like, I'm gonna just stay really positive the whole time. Mm. And I had friends come out that were really helpful on the course. And I was just, I was able to stay positive and kind of let go of those expectations. But I mean, I DNF to 70.3 this year and walked at age group nationals mm. when I was first off the bike. So mm. I've kind of, I feel like I'm starting to come a long way, but I still have a while to go. And I know it's, I don't know, maybe it's a sensitive subject, but I'm kind of curious if you can impact that a little bit. Like when you're having a bad race, what does that look like inside your head? Like, are you just down on yourself or are you just completely quitting? Is it? It's not quitting. It's more like kind of, I just really I get really negative. I just say like, I can't do it. Or mm. like, who are you kidding? You know, Where do you to think myself. that comes from? Um, I think it comes from like, um, kind of seeing how strong other women are and feeling like I can't reach it. Mm. Or like I set pre-existing time goals or splits at a race that shouldn't really matter. Um, and I should really just focus like, are you like that in other areas of life too? Like even outside of competition, I was a bit hard on myself in swimming. Um, but I feel like now that I, I feel more confident in my triathlon career than I did my swim career. It's kind of, how have you gone about tackling that, that obstacle then? Like, is it just a matter of positive thought? Like throughout the week, are you listening to certain things? Are you reading certain things to get your mind in the right place? Yeah. Um, I, Sometimes I like write down in a journal. I have like my like calendar journal that I use for work also has like little areas that you can write. It's like a it's called like the daily greatness journal. Like it's it's both a calendar and mm -hmm. like a positivity journal. So it asks you like how you're feeling every day. And I found that that's helpful. And I've there's been also some Yoda performance um, athletes who are sports psych um, professionals. So mm. there's been one that I've been talking to a little bit but it's really just trying to like stop um you know just really focus on being positive and not look at the I developing good things. habits too yeah i also feel like my i haven't been trained in this like i can train myself and swim bike run but right. it's the mental side that also really needs to be trained and i'm so new mm -hmm. to the sport that it's easy to get caught up in these. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you share that because oftentimes, like, even somebody who listens to this not into running triathlons or in the sports, like, it still relates in life. I know people in, in my circles of life who battle anxiety and depression. I see it, and it's real. I'm just kind of, mm -hmm. I like to pick up pieces of, of advice where I can, and I'm curious, like, how you've gone, like, yeah, you've excelled in the triathlon and Ironman game, but here you are. You have your own struggles, too, so I'm just kind of curious of as to how you've gone about battling this, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I, w I wanted to chat, on, chat about the uh, Ironman Maryland. We're recording this, what, second week in October-ish. Um, you're just coming off 
competing really well there, as we said earlier. I'm trying to find the results. I'm talking third place overall, first place in the age group at the 2018 Ironman Maryland in September of 2018. So in a nutshell, first off, can you kind of walk me through what's the preparation for something like that? What does that look like maybe in the weeks or months leading up to that? Uh, yeah, so the big thing for me, because I'm working and uh, was working over the summer, was the weekends. So a week kind of looks like um, a couple of bikes per week, a couple runs, a couple swims, but the weekend you get a one big long ride, one big long run, mm. um, and that's kind of where the miles stack up in the end. So it's not unlike 70.3 training, um, but it's really just like the long rides double, <laughs> kind of. So you have like a big block where you get consistent long rides, consistent long runs, um, and really the execution of those um, is kind of what makes the Ironman possible. You kind of hit on it earlier, and Andrew hit on this uh, with me a couple of days ago when I was talking to him, just as far as like you really push yourself, even when you're training, and sometimes in the lead up to an event, you kind of need to scale it back. And leading up to the Ironman Maryland, you ended up getting sick or having some kind of illness that kept you out of training, I guess? Yeah, I just started my job at a high school, so I guess something was going around. I got like a um, cold or flu or something, and I felt really crappy. It was actually also my birthday weekend, so it was kind of a bummer, but <laughs> I spent three days just like not training and um, eating birthday cake. So um, <laughs> instead, yeah, I just tried to like stay really positive and um, just kind of tell myself the training's done. But of course, you, in your head, you're kind of like, right. oh, I missed this ride or whatever, but yeah. Do you find, did you find that it helped you on the day of the event? Like, did you feel fresh? Uh, yeah, I definitely felt like over fresh, like I was like ready to go on Wednesday and the race wasn't until Saturday, but right. it definitely helped in the long run. I, I mean, I probably wouldn't choose to skip a whole weekend of training again, mm -hmm. but I think that I do pretty well on um, more rest maybe compared to others, I don't know. But. And Katie ended up crossing the finish line that event at what, nine hours and 56 minutes. Can you kind of walk me through, like, as you look back now, what the day of competition was like for you, like where you excelled, maybe where you struggled at? Sure, um, I felt really strong in the swim just because I, I try to just kind of get the swim over with because I feel like I'm not necessarily gonna get super good mm. or like much faster but I can be consistently do, like do well compared mm -hmm. to my competitors. Um, the bike, again, I just told myself to like continue to ride steady, ride steady. And the other thing I really focused on was nailing my nutrition. So mm -hmm. that's like really, really important in an event that long mm -hmm. um, is to just consistently get your calories. So I actually, that was the closest I've ever come to really getting in like literally every calorie that I planned. It was almost perfect. What does so, that look like? Uh, I had, um, one and a half honey stinger waffles, which is like a uh, endurance, it's like stroopy waffle, okay. and a bottle of Gatorade every hour. So I ended up having, I don't know, seven or eight honey stinger waffles. So do you have, for those who are, and me being one of them, unfamiliar with this process, do you have like a pack on you that has all that stuff? Or is Andrew meeting up with you at points of the course to provide you with a bottle of Gatorade or something? Um, that would be cool, but I don't <laughs> think that's allowed. Um, he, I, so I have like a little like storage box that you mm -hmm. put on your bike. It's pretty small, but I could fit about half of my cut up waffles in that. And then I started off with two bottles of Gatorade, drank one, and then there's a couple of aid stations along the way. Right. So there's probably, there was three and it was a two loop course. Mm -hmm. So I had six chances to throw a bottle and then there's a bunch of people lined up holding out water bottles or Gatorade bottles mm -hmm. and you can grab one as you ride by 
And I forgot to ask you this before I started uh, talking about the Ironman, but for, for those who might be ignorant with the process, like what's the distances on each of the events? Sure. Um, it's a 2.4-mile swim and then a 112-mile bike ride, followed by a marathon, so 26.2. Wow. Um, and so are you able to calculate, okay, here's how many calories I'm going to be burning and here's how many calories I have to consume? That's kind of the goal, uh, especially – uh, like a lot of people will, cal- will calculate that, but also calculate sweat rate. So I also took a salt pill every hour because you're sweating out all your salt hmm. and you can go into like, I don't know, like it's really uncomfortable when you're low on salt, your body's really dry, your head, you get a headache. Hmm. So it's really important to replenish your salt. Um, so if you can get like, for someone my size, it, it does work out to like 350 calories. Hmm. Um, but even just 300, you could do it on, but as long as you have the salt and electrolytes, you're good. And with uh, her performance at Ironman Maryland, you qualified for the 2019, um, I guess, would it be considered like the world championships Ironman or the national championships? It's world championships. Okay, Um, in Kona, Hawaii. So that's not until October of 2019. So you have a full 12 months to really kind of gear up for that. Maybe it's too early at this point, but like, have you kind of started sitting down and figuring out what that training process looks like? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I've more so given thought to what races I'm going to do next year. Um, I'm probably not going to do like a big Ironman block mm-hmm. until this summer. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to ride six hours in the winter. Um, so I think the winter, the goals are just to like stay fit. Um, not obviously not peak, but have like consistent training and, you know, just stay focused and try to get to the spring. And uh, I usually don't ask a girl her age, but um, how old are you at this point? (laughs) I just turned 23. Um, And the reason I bring that up, because I was asking Andrew, I'm like, what I'm completely unfamiliar with Ironmans and all that. How's that work? Is it kind of similar to like the NBA in terms of like people hit their prime in their mid to late 20s? And he was saying it's kind of more mid 30s as far as the Ironman goes along. So Mm -hmm. you have many, many, many years ahead of you in this game. So I'm I don't know, maybe you're still too young at this point to really kind of figure out, oh, what's my 12, 15-year plan or something, at least when it comes to Ironmans. But have you thought that far ahead and where you kind of envision yourself and triathlons or Ironmans? I can't say I've thought that far ahead. Obviously, I have, like, idealistic goals. (laughs) But um, I am, like, I don't know. I think for now the best goals for me to set are just what I want to accomplish within my age group. So maybe, like... I think a good goal would be like to maybe I placed third at Ironman Maryland. So to win an age group race would be really special and, um, you know, or do well at a world championship race. Mm. Um, I've been to 70.3 worlds, but when I got there, I I think I kind of psyched myself out. So I, I learned a lot, but, um, so those are my short term goals. And then obviously I'd like to continue to improve. Is it, is it possible to like go pro in these kind of competitions? Like, are there women out there who just do this for their, for a living? At oh, all? absolutely. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those top. Is that sports. a goal of yours? If I could say, I wish I could have that lifestyle. Right. I'd say absolutely. Or is it a matter, I guess, becoming good enough? It's definitely a matter of becoming good enough. I mean, okay. would I love to do it? Absolutely. But, All I right. mean, I have to take one step at a time. Right. Um, and I wanted to hit on that quickly because, obviously, the school part is important. You just graduated from Franklin Marshall, what, June of 2018? Yeah. Um, what, what was your bachelor's degree in? In environmental studies and anthropology. And you're working now where? 
I'm a college and career counselor at Solanco High School. And I guess what's like the day-to-day activities? What are you busy doing Monday through Friday? Um, I'm busy. I'm taking kids to college visits, scheduling rep visits, meeting with kids and explaining literally how to apply to college, um, um, meeting with seniors, doing workshops on resumes, on the mm. Common App. I'm really busy. But And you're only, I don't know, it's fair to say like a few months into it technically working with uh, high school students and, and getting them prepared for their next step in life. But to this point, like, I don't know, what kind of fulfillment have you gotten out of that job at this point? I know the, you probably still haven't yet had kids accepted to colleges. Maybe it's a bit too early, yeah. so maybe you haven't seen that fulfillment side. But I'm just, like, I imagine they're at least at this point probably had to be some good days when you leave the school like oh I'm glad this happened or something like yeah that. um a lot of kids at Salengo don't know what's out there in terms of financial aid and colleges so mm. a lot of them need a lot of financial aid to get to college and like when a kid sits down and said I'm not going to college because I talked to my family and like it's not going to work for me and you tell them like well with your grades um you know you qualify for mm. this 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 and this and here's how this number comes down and you can just see their face like I had no idea this was possible for me. Mm. And it, that's really special because that's they just awesome. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back kind of on the on the racing scene, one of the last things I, I like to always end with is kind of just leaving people with a piece of advice that might help them in their life, whether, I don't know, they can apply to make them think more positive or to be more successful or maybe they're facing a hardship because you've, you've, faced, you've found a lot of success so far. Um, especially in the physical performance side, but you're also dealing with the mental side. So I can kind of let you take that whichever which way. I feel too young to be giving advice. Really? All right. um, <laughs> I would say uh, um, advice that I don't necessarily listen to, but I would say is given to me often, I think is really helpful, is just like t- look at the day by day, what you can do that day, um, whether it's not, you know, maybe you're not going to hit your intervals, <clears throat> maybe you're, you're, you don't feel well or you you know you're you're feeling anxious about the race or Mm -hmm. your workout even for that day but if you're going to give the best that you can do that day even if it's just complete your 30 minute run if it's slow and sluggish just Mm -hmm. to get it in then or it could be just i need to take a day off and that's the best i can do that day Mm -hmm. and like if you can just give the best you can do every day then it'll add up Awesome. Cool. Well, hey, if you guys enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode, and you'll probably enjoy listening to the previous 98 episodes, so feel free to go back and listen to those in archives. Just last week, we chatted with Cocalico alum and current PIAA Associate Director Melissa Mertz. Next week, I'm kind of still working on the details, but I hope to bring you guys a very special show on what will be podcast episode number 100. With that being said, uh, to keep this thing rolling, I'm always looking for any suggestions for future guests on the show. So if you listen to this and think, hey, I know this person, they'd be great. Throw me an email, jwalk at lnpnews.com or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklnp. Katie, uh, with that being said, is there anywhere folks can follow your journey moving forward that you care to share, whether that be Twitter, Instagram, is there a website? Um, well, you if can not, follow. you can say no. There is an option. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at right. Katie Schick Try. Um, that's my username. Or you can follow um, Yoda Performance website. Andrew will be posting results and awesome. updates. And that's yodaperformance.com. All right, before we wrap up here, I just want to give a shout out to my colleagues Tyler Huber and, I, and Claudia Esmanshade. Tyler is the uh, engineer slash producer of this podcast while Claudia handles all the posting duties to get this thing online. So thanks to them. Thanks to you guys for listening. And Katie, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. Awesome. Good job. <laughs>